You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we jumped back into our series through the book of Romans after taking a week off. Pastor Josh preached from Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 31. After several chapters where the Apostle Paul has emphasized our depravity, we finally get to hear some good news. On the podcast today, we're discussing the fact that we bring nothing to the table when it comes to our salvation. God is both the just and the justifier. We also talk a little more about what it means that we are justified or made righteous. It's a great conversation today. Thanks for joining us. This is After the Message. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the podcast today. Hey, Mike. It's good to see you. It is great to be seen. Isn't it? It's cold outside. Like, what happened? Uh, like, we had 80-degree weather. So, I know. Cold outside. Oh, oh that's already cold. in a song. One of my favorite little Christmas songs, which... <laughs> that yeah. wasn't a right Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> I bet there is a Christmas song that has <laughs> Yeah, that's right. There is. Um, anyway, we won't go there. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's really cold. Um, I got up yesterday to come to church in, in Frozen. Like, mm. you know, it's in the 20s. Yeah. Right. And I'm thinking, man, like, how did we get here? Because we were I just know. like in the 80s. 80s. Friday, literally, Mason and I went out and, and cut some trees down in shorts, in short sleeve <laughs> shirts. And then I went back out Saturday to clean up the, the yeah. debris, limbs and stuff, and my long pants and jacket. And it was still cold. <laughs> I was like, right. what? Yeah. Welcome to Mississippi. I know it. I know it. Well, um, so yesterday was a it was a great day. It was a long day. We had mm, lots going, lot on going on at the church yeah. here yesterday. We did. Mucho yes. day. So, I mean, we had services, of course, and then uh, there was a Veterans Day lunch mm-hmm. uh, as we celebrated uh, veterans uh, in, our, in our body. And then, uh, man, then we had... The commitment. Uh, we had, commitment yes, we yeah. had the commitment, so, which is uh, like parent-child child, dedication. That's right. Yeah. Uh, deacons meeting. Deacons meeting. Had a shelter meeting. Same time as a deacons meeting. Yeah. Right. Decorated the uh, the commons for Christmas and like. It's a full day. It was a full day. Yeah. It was great. And I managed to get an, an hour nap in between. How? Ooh, Overachiever. <laughs> Overachiever. It was awesome. Every bit of it. Yeah. That's great. Well, well, man, good stuff. And we, of course, we jumped back into the Roman series uh, this week and we were finishing out chapter three, uh, verses 21 through 31. And uh, so if you have not listened to uh, or watched the sermon, uh, of course, as always, you may find it helpful to do that before you, mm-hmm. you listen to this conversation, because right. uh, uh, you might have a little more context. But yeah. um, About the good news. It was. Finally. Like the first time Finally. that we've really, really had good news in Romans uh, up to this point. So, um, and, uh, and Josh, it was... Uh, was good. Like I, I heard from several people after, you know, which I hear this often, but uh, man, that was so good. Like it was so timely. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so how, how did you feel walking into it? Having, uh, being able to deliver good news for the first time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really, truly it felt great. Like it was one of those, 
Uh, most weeks you're like, oh man, I, I, we never want to like make the scripture say something it's not. You never want to lighten the the load that it is. But sometimes you're like, I think they may be tired of hearing how how wicked the depths of their heart yeah. is, and yeah. that de- depravity knows no end. And just because they're religious doesn't mean they're better yeah. than everybody else. Like at some point they're going to start leaving our church, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and, as you've said, you know the original hearers of this would have heard it read in a in a letter. So the bad news in a moment. took like yeah, I don't know two minutes that's right and yeah for us it's taken it's taken two months. Six weeks <laughs> <laughs> but it's felt good to, to come in knowing that we're finally here I mean but now the righteousness of God has been manifested and you're like yes, yes. we're finally yes we're finally to the good news uh, so it, it felt great man I, I couldn't wait to preach and it was a lot of fun yeah so you know Sunday was a great reminder though uh, you know and we've talked about this before but but it was it was a reminder that that like we bring nothing to the table. You mm. said that. Mm. Yeah. In fact, I think I even said that, not knowing you were going to say that. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, I think before one of the songs, you know, I, I, I said something similar. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we just reminded though of that truth that, that like we like we don't bring anything to the mm. table. Like right. you know, again, this passage it tells us that He is both the just and the justifier. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and and that brought up some really interesting conversation in our life groups. I, I know. Guys, you you were talking about some of, uh, you know, some of the conversations you guys were having, but um, you know, even as we're talking about that, I, I think about I think to to today's world where we do so much in terms of contracts and negotiating, and we talk about bringing things to the table, like literally sitting in a room sometimes with a table and saying, "Hey, here's what I've got," and the yeah. other person saying, "Well, here's what I've got," and you're trying to find this perfect. Uh, match and you always kind of feel like maybe you have a little bit more than they have as you negotiate but when it comes to this we literally are at a table and it's like hey what you got well i got all this sin let me put that on the table mm. i have all this need let me put that on the table but that's always that's it that's yeah. exactly right which yeah. is totally opposite of, of kind of how we live in our society mm-hmm. right and and the things that we're most shameful of that we never want to bring to the table to your point, <laughs> that's, that's, what that's we all have. we have. Uh, and I mean. for, for this thing to, to truly work and understand, mm-hmm. we've got to bring that to the table. Mm-hmm. Like, like it is an honest, transparent, right. I've got nothing. nothing. Yeah. Because it's this idea that if if you are proud or you are haughty, the scriptures say, the the Lord doesn't honor that. Yeah. Like, like he opposes the proud, yeah. um, but gives grace to those who are humble and yeah. submit. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the crazy thing about the gospel. It's completely backwards to the way in which we live our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We, we bring nothing good. We bring only bad, but somehow that's okay. Yeah. And that's, that's the strangeness of this yeah. beautiful that's gospel. the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, you guys... Had a couple questions before. I'm sorry, I just got really distracted. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know what happened deep there. Deep thoughts. But yeah, yeah deep I br- thoughts. I'm bringing nothing to the table. <laughs> he, was, at the moment, he, so. was, he was trying to figure out it's cold outside. Uh, I need my raincoat. How was it was a Christmas song. He was like, I know it's a Christmas song. It's not Matchbox Twenty. No, it's Matchbox Twenty. Yeah, uh, yeah. My mind got got so uh, uh, so wrapped up in your song reference. There, there you go. So, um, so you. Uh, uh, one thing we talked about, and you mentioned that we're going to talk about this next week, so I don't want to really dwell on this or don't want to get ahead of the game here, but you know, uh, you, you mentioned that at the end of this passage that it mentions that, that the Jews are justified by faith, mm-hmm. the Gentiles justified through faith. 
Mm-hmm. So, but th- there is a distinction there. There is a distinction, and and we'll hear that in the next coming weeks. Um, but mm-hmm. going back to the difference in the Jews and the Gentiles, just on the surface of what they are, you have one group who's who are people of promise, like God, <clears throat> in generations before them uh, has has chosen them. Truly, they were the chosen people, gave them the law, gave them the sign of covenant, uh, and again. Paul would say, uh, up until this point, that's a blessing, but it doesn't make you better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is meaningful. Like like those things are meaningful. So so it's in this idea that that those things that they have, faith in those things, by faith in those things, by faith in what those things are pointing to, which is Christ, mm-hmm. they're just going to have salvation. Um, but for the Gentiles, they weren't necessarily the children of promise. They didn't have the law. They don't carry the sign of the covenant. But it's going to be through that faith in Jesus Christ, that they are going to be redeemed and grafted into the family of God. Mm. Um, but more to that as yeah. Romans unfolds. Well, can't mm, wait. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good because we're, for the most part, is the best I know, we're all Gentiles. I think so. That's uh, right. We're, we're, not, we're not the people of promise. Uh, we, we, um, we, we weren't trusted with the law generationally way, 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 way long ago. Mm. Um, but, but by God's grace, we have been grafted in. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, mm-hmm. see, we'll see that um, as the time unfolds. Okay, I want to talk for a minute because uh, about the uh, the big words you used on Sunday, um, you know, lots of big words. Yes, it's uh, fun to use big words. So we, we talked about justification, yeah. but we talked about in the context of like uh, propitiation yeah. and expiation. Expiation. So and you had a you had a really cool diagram that you showed on the screen, and it all actually, I needed was a felt board to bring it, it all together. Animated <laughs> yeah. man, it was animated. <laughs> it was great. Um, so I think I think one of my favorite moments. Was uh, I had a guy look at me and go, "Man, I really, I really like the illustration, but if I'm just honest, when I heard the three words, I just zoned out." (laughs) (laughs) And so we had to revisit it a little bit, but it was it was great. It is great. Love the visual. I've heard it on both ends of the spectrum. People are like, "As soon as you said propitiation, I was like, I got nothing. Mm, (laughs) Like I'm done, (laughs) done with the whole sermon." And then others are like, "That is, Uh, that's intriguing. I want to know more." Yeah, yeah. So funny how 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 words works. Uh Um, Uh One of our life group members talked about they had their five year old daughter was sitting there in the service and. Looked at the screen and said, does, "What does that say? Explanation?" <laughs> and uh, she was like, "Well, no, but I'm really impressed no. that you even know That's the right. word explanation." Yes. You right. know? It's like, See, we're helping it people fit right in. We're, we're helping people achieve their <laughs> AR goals around here. So. <laughs> Good, um, but yeah, no, I thought she did a great job though of really, uh, really kind of uh, explaining what those things mean, mm-hmm. uh, but. Like when, in our conversation prior to recording this, you you did say that, like you know, when you get into those sorts of theological terms and things, like it, those definitions can mean different things to different people, right? Like That's exactly there are right. Different yeah. interpretations. So, it, depending on who you read as a commentary, who you read as a theologian, or maybe even how you grew up, um, those things are going to mean different things. But but for the most part, uh, again, we're talking like primary, secondary, tertiary. Mm. I think that applies here as well. So when we get into justification. Generally, that meaning is that meaning. Uh, And justification, as the definition that I used yesterday, is an act by which God declares a a person righteous by his sight. And that's something that happens in a moment in time. Like like it it is in the blink of an eye. It is as if a judge hits the gavel and the decree is set. Uh, And so in the justification, you say, well, where does that fit to application for my life? Think justification and salvation. The moment that you are moved from unrighteous status mm-hmm. to righteous status, uh-huh. and you didn't do it, 
Mm-hmm. Like, like you didn't show up, you didn't show your box of goodies to the Lord and say, here's what I've done for you. And he looked through your box and say, got to have you on the team. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. It was something that God has done through grace as a gift to you. Uh, and so it, justification is, is an act of God that happens in a moment that declares a person righteous in his sight. So justification typically is, we would consider a primary issue. If, if we've not nailed down justification in our heart and in our life, then we are always going to be unsettled. Because mm-hmm. if you don't think it's an act of God, and you mm-hmm. think it's more of an act of human will or desire or words that a human uses, then that's going to lead to a life of, of chaos mm-hmm. and doubting every step of the mm-hmm. way. Because every moment you live good, you're going to applaud yourself for being justified yeah. in your own sight. But every time that you mess up and every time that you have doubt or every time you think back on what you said or how you approach the Lord and it starts to become a little fuzzy, then doubt will begin to creep back in. If justification is something that God has done, there's no doubt because he is perfect in all of his ways. Mm -hmm. And so justification for us, as we understand it, is an act that God does by grace through faith that brings a person into righteousness. Mm. Yeah. So... All right, so we've already talked about the fact that like we bring nothing to the table. Mm-hmm. It's all God, um, and you just reinforce that. Um, and it's not by anything that we do. Uh, so one of the things that came up in our, our life group conversation, I think, uh, Preston, maybe you or Sean, I can't remember which, uh, mentioned something along these lines in yours. But uh, like what about, because someone asked, well, but don't we have to accept it? Like, isn't that something that we have to do? Like that's a, or, you know, or there's a prayer that we have to pray, uh, you know, for that to happen. So, um, I mean, what do we say to people that ask that kind of question? It's like, okay, I get, you know, God does this and, and this is all him, but, but like, I have to believe. Yeah, don't we like, have a I responsibility? Have accept, mm-hmm. Right. And so I do bring something, like I bring my will to the table, right? Like, that's it's a great question. Just the question yeah. that comes up. Sean and Preston are going to answer it. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, as we talked earlier, though, um, I think you, uh, Josh, used the word awaken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a good word. Um, and the whole idea that when we, when we recognize our depravity, like our sinfulness and the fact that we do bring nothing to the table in that moment, that even that in and of itself is the conviction of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. That's right. Right. So it's 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 God through the Holy Spirit changing and turning and drawing our hearts mm-hmm. to understand who we are, but then also who He is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in that moment, that work um, and I is really is really the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. it's awakening our hearts to the grace and the mercy and the love of Christ and, and uh, what he's, what he's shown and what he's accomplished through his son. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think awaken uh, and, and I want to use the word embrace, but, but at the same time uh, that may implicate an action yeah. on, our, on, on us. But, but really I think um, as we think about it, the act, the saving, the yeah. justifying, yeah. the, sanctifying that that is not our work Mm -hmm. it is the work of christ himself and um so so and i think some of it if if you think of it only from salvation being like he's gonna he's gonna rescue me from the penalty of sin then then maybe maybe in your flesh you could get there 
if you even believe that there was sin. But in your flesh, you typically are like, I'm fine, right? I I mean, I don't even, you even need him to Mm -hmm. convict you of the sin. That's right. But I know that you don't get to surrender through that. I mean, who who in their flesh wants to say, I will take my life that I'd rather live myself. Mm. I'd rather make my own decisions. Mm -hmm. And instead, I'm going to give it over to this God and let him be in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, that we will never get to that in our flesh. No way ever. Jose. No Jose. way, Jose. <laughs> That's right. But, so, so the question is is really um, is a really good question. And and especially because we are evangelical, right? In the history of us, for the most part, and I would say the vast majority of our history has been Get to a moment like like. Do you remember the moment that you prayed the prayer? Do you remember the moment that you walked an aisle? The moment that you went and talked to the preacher and cried, and the whole church clapped you in? And mm. um, and for whatever reason, that that has been our our history. And when we think, well, that that has to be Christian history. And if you look at Christian history, that's that's not necessarily the case. It's actually something rather new in the span of two thousand mm-hmm. years of following mm-hmm. Christ. Right. We're talking maybe a hundred, maybe a hundred mm-hmm. years, maybe that mm-hmm. of of that evangelical push, uh, starting with the anxious bench and yeah, the yeah. altar call, like like all of those things are relatively new right. in Christian history. But what is not relatively new in Christian history is the wooing of the Holy Spirit, and that the mm-hmm. Spirit right. of God comes upon broken man, calls them to conviction, showing them first their sin, mm-hmm. their brokenness, and their need for salvation. Here's where we do come into play, though. This is where we are agents and ambassadors with the good news of the gospel. Those proclaimers show up, whether you are preaching or teaching or communicating, you are offering something to somebody that God has supernaturally awakened, and they are searching. Mm -hmm. They're looking. They're they're actually begging for something because they Mm -hmm. realize that their life can't Mm -hmm. do it, and you are offering to them not a prayer. You're offering to them not um, some some Bible study. You're offering to them a relationship with Jesus Christ, right? right? And so, okay, you may be asking the question now, what are we inviting them into? What are you, what, what are you asking that person to do? How, how can that person become a follower of Christ, right? And I think it goes back to the question that Jesus asked the, the disciples as he's walking with them, and they start asking kind of about who who Jesus is, and and everybody's answering these questions, and he looks at him and says, well, who do you say that I am? Peter looks at him and says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is confessional. Confessional saying, not only am I saying that, but I believe that with all that I am. Jesus responds with, look, I know flesh and blood didn't tell you that. That's right. Mm-hmm. God showed you that because because flesh and blood doesn't believe that, but God gives you that to be able to proclaim that with your mouth and live that out with your life. And so we're asking them, we're inviting them in to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if they're going to proclaim anything, it's not going to be bow your head and repeat a prayer after me. It's who do you believe that that man that we're talking about is? Is he the Christ, the son of the living God, or is he not? Because if he's anything less than that, you're not following him. But if he is that, then your life should be forever changed because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so a lot of times, look, I, I'm not trying to put down on our evangelism tactics, but I believe a lot of times they're short-sighted and us-focused in the sense of we get more out of it than the person we're trying to evangelize because we feel better because we've ticked off the boxes of evangelism explosion, mm-hmm. the the evangelicube, uh, um, you know, the, the old question, if you died tonight, where would you... 
I think all well-intentioned, yeah. but if at the end of the day, we feel better about the effort that we put into it than the person coming to put their mm-hmm. hope and trust in Jesus Christ, then yeah. we've missed the whole point yeah. of yeah. our ambassadorship. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and I think a lot of it goes back to our understanding. If if we look at, as, look at it as God is always doing this work to draw people to him, and then he invites us to join into that mm-hmm. and get to play uh, some role in that, yeah. uh, that's what a... What a blessing if we approach it from that standpoint. That's exactly right. That of all the ways God could have worked, yep. he chooses to work through his children who he has already drawn to himself and said, hey, now that you have come to me, now you get to play a role in, in sharing this. That's exactly and right. This. And, and that is our mission statement mm-hmm. at Broadmoor. Right. We are a united family of faith mm-hmm. joining Jesus on his right. mission for the glory of God and the good of our communities. Yeah. What is Jesus' mission? Yeah. It is to seek and save that those who are mm-hmm. lost. He came to do that, mm-hmm. and we, by his proxy, are going to do that into the yeah. world. Yeah. So we're, man, that, that's our mission. That's our call. Hmm. Sorry. While you were talking, I was thinking of all these little, little like, catchy uh, little evangelism marketing terms, you know? <laughs> it's like, you said Evangicube, and my mind just went all, you know? You know, that's a thing. <laughs> down this yeah. uh, rabbit hole. That's a thing. Like, it opens up. It's the strangest thing. But, you know, yeah. maybe yeah. people have come like, to I, I thought, of it. somebody should make something called Evangelade. <laughs> I think that's in the cults. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there, there is. Uh, what was the 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 mints that Lifeway used to sell at their cash register? Testaments. 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 Yeah. What's wrong yeah. with us? Oh, uh, something. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so. Something gross. really wrong. Um, <sighs> Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually this just shows you where my my mind has like been going all this time. Like, like you were talking earlier about like the prayer, you know, this, this uh-huh. moment of prayer and we have to pray this. And if we pray it, you know, like if it depends on us, then we're always going to wonder, you know, whether we or not, right. we, like, mm-hmm. did we say it the right way? Did we, you know, this incantation, did, did was it correct? And my mind went to Harry Potter. Yeah. Right. You know, it's yeah. The, the whole Leviosa. Or <laughs> Leviosa. <laughs> but man, I, look, we, we ain't using Harry Potter to preach a sermon. But how many times, like truthfully, if you're listening to this, how many times have you doubted what you said and how you said it mm. and laying in your bed late at night because you're worried that maybe you'll die in your sleep that night, mm. that you sit there and you say the prayer again. But this time, and I'm going to use air quotes, you mean it in your heart. Yeah. yeah, Because that's the term that we say to try to make it measurable as if you can make that measurable. Right. Our hearts are the most fickle thing about us. Mm. In the morning, we desire this. By lunch, we mm. desire this. And by the time we go to bed, we desire that. It, it's the, it's the yeah. core of who we are and our doubt and our struggle submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. That is what, what I believe as we look at these scriptures. It's the mind, body, soul, and strength that is surrendered to him. And that's why when we go back to our commitment yesterday, when we, we talked through Deuteronomy 6 and the Shema, mm-hmm. that's why you do it in the morning. And when you go out and when you come back and when you sit down mm-hmm. and when you rise up, that's right. because we easily forget mm. who we're following and why we are doing it. Yeah. And so we have his word and we are called to continually meditate on it, that it keeps us going in the path that he's called mm-hmm. us to. That's so good. That's right. Hey, Preston, you raised a question earlier uh, that I think would be worth some conversation. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, so if if we find it so easy and we have entrusted our forever, mm. you know, to uh, to Jesus, yeah. uh, like, why do we find it so hard to trust him in like the today, yeah. like the the worries and the anxiousness of, of the moment? Yeah, and it came out of, you know, one of the things that Josh said really toward the end of the sermon 
is that our faith in Christ should not just be this thing that we express uh, at that moment of justification or salvation, but it should be the way that we live each and every day. It's not made to just be the thing that that gets us saved. There's my mm-hmm. air quotes. But it should be how we wake up and live every decision that we make uh, all the time. And and so the question came up because that is when we think of salvation, we're talking eternity, right? That we have we have one shot on this earth to decide where we're going to bank our eternity. And for those of us who have said, "I will place my faith in Christ," for that, um, that is the biggest single decision that we ever make. And yet, it seems like so often we'll say, well, I I trust him for my eternity, but boy, the things I'm facing today, I'm not so sure if I trust him for that. Mm. I I think I need to do that one myself, right? And it really makes no sense. I mean, logically, it makes absolutely no sense to say, I'll trust him with all of this for, for eternity, but not for what's happening here. So why is that? Why, why is it that it's so hard to trust him for today, but not, not for eternity? Because hmm. I don't yeah. lay awake anxious about eternity, and I've right. made that decision, but sometimes mm-hmm. I lay awake anxious about tomorrow. So I have a terrible answer. It's not a good answer, um, but it is an honest answer. Um, I, for me, that comes down to control. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I can control, or at least I think I have the the thought of control of today. Mm-hmm. Um, where mm-hmm. if if the Lord were to show up physically and say, "Josh, I've got this," I'd be like, "Get it, okay? <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Right. I am. Let's go. I've, I've seen you." Like for the the disciples, and, and sometimes this is where I struggle. But then I go back to the high priestly prayer, and he says, "Look, h- how much more." God, do I pray for those who are going to believe but have not seen me and have mm-hmm. not 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 heard me speak and and been a part of these things? And, and that prayer was for us, right? Mm-hmm. So for those disciples that we read about, like they're seeing him. They they watched right. him raise the dead. They yeah. they they watched him turn water into wine. They watched him um, feed the five thousand, and still they doubt it. Yeah, and, and so right. we we don't get <laughs> right. to see that, and so we still have doubt. For me, it's a control issue. Mm-hmm. And so you ask a question: Well, why do I not worry about eternity? Again, I got another bad answer um, because for the most part, we think we're pretty invincible. Mm. Um, we don't think we're going to die today, and we don't think eternity starts right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we're yeah. honest, it's such a big and grand thought right. that we put it as far out of our mind as we possibly can. But mm-hmm. if you've ever had a health scare, mm-hmm. if you've ever thought that potentially you are going to die or 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 this this the end is soon coming – then eternity comes into view, and then the fear of that starts mm, to play, yeah. and then it's magnified mm-hmm. time and time again. I'm just sharing you the yeah. depth of my yeah. depravity. Um, yeah. So it's not a good answer. I'm just telling you the answer is yeah. a control issue um, that the Lord continues to to purify in me time yeah. and time again. Yeah, and I think for some of what that means for me is an immediacy. Like there's a today is today, and so the the decisions, the struggles, everything that I'm facing, I'm feeling it real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas eternity, is, as you just explained, sometimes seems way out in the future. And I think the other thing is I, I'm pretty settled on the fact that heaven's going to be awesome. Yeah. Right? So it's almost like, well, once I get there, everything's great. There's nothing to worry about. It's the whole getting there. It's the getting there part. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff between now and then. Yeah. Which, which points up our depravity. From, yeah, right. Yeah, right. right. Like just exactly. The whole idea is we keep going back to this idea of I have to do something. Mm-hmm. Right? Like like I've got to I've got to 
I've got to control this. I've got to get this together. Yep. I've got to do this thing. I've got to do it perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, the the picture that always comes to my mind um, when we talk about justification is rest. So we, we talk about this this freedom to lit like because of the work Christ has done, He set us free to mm -hmm. live, mm -hmm. and, and rest not in the not in the sense of um, I'm not going to do anything or I'm going to take a nap mm -hmm. or I'm going to be lazy, right. I do but, love a nap. but rest <laughs> in the sense of security. Mm -hmm. That's right. In that, I have the freedom to live. Yeah. And so now, as I live, if if I find myself doing things for the glory and the honor of Christ, it is not because Sean is good, but it's because mm -hmm. he's good. Mm -hmm. In the moments that I fail, he's still good. That's right. Yep. And, and so it's that it's that rest that I don't I don't pursue. You know, I don't pursue out of trying to gain something for Christ, but instead I get the freedom to live in it for His glory. So so I don't uphold the law. Mm -hmm for salvation, but I uphold the law because I find joy mm -hmm. in in honoring and glorifying him. And in the moments that I fail, I'm broken and he is good. Mm -hmm. Like and so that creates a sense of rest for us when we mm -hmm. have that mindset, which goes back to reminding ourselves right. morning, noon, night, yep. as we walk, as we sit, as mm -hmm. we and, and so I think the the tendency is that we forget mm -hmm. and so we we fall back into this, I have to do something. Um, I have to get it right um, instead of concentrating on his goodness and faithfulness. Mm -hmm. and I think that's that's mm -hmm. where that, that rest in the things of now and the things of eternity mm -hmm. um, really is is what we what we need to live in is that that's that kind of security, that kind of mm -hmm. confidence, mm -hmm. not in who we are but who Christ is. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good word. I like that. that was like really deep, Sean. Profound. You're profound, Sean. Oh. <laughs> Did you just like come up with that? You're a profound person. <laughs> He's got his laptop out. He, he may have Googled it. He just Googled it. Yeah. that. <laughs> well, yeah. No, great discussion, guys. Uh, so, you know, as we as we look toward the end of our, our, our discussion, our wrap-up here, I mean, any, any things that we didn't cover today that, that you just, you really feel like, hey, this is burning in me, I, I need to... I need to bring this up here. No, um, so I'm not going to say no, but then yes. Uh, so let me just say <laughs> no, but here's no, something. Yes. yes. <laughs> Let's just start with yes. Um, when we ended chapter three, um, there there was kind of this boasting question that the apostle Paul brings up. You know, what what do we do with our boasting now? Mm -hmm. So the Jews they would boast in what they had. The Gentiles were boasting in what they were getting. Um, and in all of this, the the hope is all of our boasting in anything we do is quieted. But the boasting in what Christ has done is now amplified. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think as we look across scripture again, um, because I think what the beauty of our Bible teaching us, the, the 66 books brought together to make one incredible book, uh, is this idea that in all of our brokenness, God is greater still. And when we fully understand that, we become less so that he becomes more. It goes back to John the Baptist. Like that was his his cry, right? So I must become less that he may become more. And a lot of times we'll say, well, I mean, we probably need to say that because John Baptist said that and it seems to be like a good thing to say. But when we understand the gospel, 
that is how we live. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want the world to know about us. We want the world to know about him. Because again, even in our justified state and our sanctification process, we're still not great. Hmm. But he's always great. Mm-hmm. And so our hope is we never want people to see, hey, look at me. Look what I'm doing. Right. I'm the best. I got it figured out. My life is, no, no, no. We want to say, look at him. Mm-hmm. Look at all that he has done. Look That's at, right. you can look at me at the, as the hot mess express, but know that in all of this brokenness, God is still using it for his glory. Mm-hmm. And he could do the same thing for your life as well. Uh, so, I mean, I just, I get to the end and I just, I hear John the Baptist words echoing in my heart. I must decrease that he may increase. And that should mm. be the life of the Christian. That's good, man. Sweet. Straight from the Hot Mess Express. Hot Mess yeah, Express. Choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, guys, great discussion. So, so, so this next week, we jump into chapter four. Mm. And mm. Uh, so be here for that. And uh, uh, guys, always, always good conversation. Preston, Sean, Josh, good to be with you guys. Corey, mm. thanks for. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Mm-hmm. Corey, you're the best. You nod really well over there. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get Corey a <laughs> microphone. He has no mic, so. He gestures really well while we record. So, um, hey, uh, guys, great discussion. Thank you. Looking forward to next week. And uh, love you guys. Love you guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others. And don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.